Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here, along with a very special guest. This is actually her first time being a part of the PWF Empire thing, whatever you want to call it. But this is her first time being a co-host on the show. This is her first introduction to the audience. So I'm going to go ahead and put her on the spot. And it's funny because she's getting to know a little bit about me. Because she was like, oh, yeah, uh, so I guess you're not putting me on the spot now. But if she talks to the other guys, like especially Cass, he loves to say that I like to throw people under the bus. So I guess I'm rolling you right under there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tony. Hey, um, I have no problem being thrown under the bus. I actually watched a lot of action movies in my childhood. So I found that if you keep rolling, you'll come right out the other side. (laughs) Is that how it works? Oh, yeah, no, no, you just don't stop, because once you stop, that's when the tire hits you. Okay. <laughs> but, no, um, my name's Tony. Um, I am old enough not to tell you my age, and I am a mom, and I've been a wrestling fan since I was old enough to talk, and I actually talked early, so it's been a while. Um I am what I like to, I prefer to call myself a mark, uh, because I have my moments of casual viewing, then I get, you know, really into it, but my whole thing is, wrestling is entertainment, and all of these smart marks out there have me really twisted with this whole, oh, but it's not real, but you get mad when other people tell you it's fake, and then you get mad at us for enjoying the not real, yeah, no, I'm not even here for it, so... That is a little bit of how I think wrestling-wise. I'm there to be entertained. If you can't entertain me, I don't care how many flips, twists, and jumps you can do. I will go to SeaWorld because at least their flips, twists, and jumps are more entertaining than yours. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) And I love the fact that you own the term mark. We kind of talked about this a few days ago. That's a term that I own, too, because I think the optimal situation in wrestling for me is when you can look at it and be completely wrapped up in the story that they're telling, not worried about what's real and what's fake and not worried about the backstage stuff and the dirt sheets, when you can just sit there and enjoy the product. And it's so damn good, the storytelling and what they're doing on screen that you just it just completely consumes you. And if I had it my way, I'd be a mark 100% of the time because that's the goal for me. That's the destination, being a mark. So My I love this. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that because if you think about it, you know, what is the purpose of good TV? To entertain you, to suck you in and make you feel passionate. You don't watch Empire because that's a real show and that's real mm-hmm. life. No, you watch it because it's funny and crazy and scary and it takes you on the highs and the lows you don't watch game of thrones because dragons exist you watch it because it's entertaining you know so for someone to come on and say oh wrestling fake sports entertainment dumb nut of course it's (laughs) fake it's there to entertain you so you can't be mad that this person holds the championship because it's not like they want it this is not the olympics dude this is sports entertainment either be entertained or there's the door that's all i gotta say about it 
Okay, well, speaking of the door, at some point you had to walk through that door and into the world of sports entertainment, into the world of professional wrestling. A question that I love to ask people, what was your earliest memory of professional wrestling? Um, I always, it, there's so many that a lot of times it blurs together, but the one thing that always sticks out is the ultimate warrior. The first time I saw him, mm-hmm. his entrance, the way he had so much energy and passion and shaking the ropes and the just fire and him flying off the ropes, kind of Cesaro-esque when he gets going, you know, mm-hmm. I just loved that passion and that fire and the face paint and he just felt like what a superhero would be in the real world if it makes any sense okay so as like i was never as big into the hulk as a lot of people so for me the ultimate warrior was like oh, everything <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting that you have the whole superhero thing and the ultimate warrior being one of your first introductions into the world of wrestling and the very first match that i ever watched was the undertaker versus kane in an inferno match on monday night raw and the undertaker for me was the embodiment of the boogeyman anytime i would have a nightmare or i I, dark corner in my room I would think that the Undertaker was in there. I seriously used to have nightmares <laughs> about that. And no, that was so good, though. I, I mean, because I was a little older by then. So I at that point, I already knew they'd kind of come out of the closet a little bit about being fake to a degree. I think it was more WCW's fault than anything that that came out of the closet. Um, but I digress. We're not going to get into the Monday Night Wars tonight. <laughs> yeah, we can save that for another day. <laughs> save that but I I just it kind of you kind of already knew it by that point it was kind of like once you figured out that Santa Claus wasn't real the next thing you figured out was that wrestling probably isn't either because some of these characters just can't be real Um, but I loved the commitment and the passion of of certain characters like the Undertaker and Kane because they commit 150% every Mm -hmm single time they get into their gimmick they're not afraid because they know that what they're doing is supposed to be entertaining they're not just athletes they're also entertainers and they get that 110 percent. too many people don't now they seem to have gotten lost in the whole mma mystique thing and seem to think that wrestling is real dude no it's a soap opera with body slams Okay, they're going to take you on a ride, and if you're not ready to go, then you're watching the wrong show. I'll say that a million times, I'm sure. But (laughs) I loved The Undertaker. I loved Kane. I loved rivalry. I loved when they became, you know. Brothers of Destruction. Oh, Brothers of Destruction with everything. You know, I've, it's been a long time since, I was one of those people who only a face or only a heel person, mm-hmm. you know, because there were times when I was right there on the Razor Ramon track, you know, before it was cool to like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it was the ones who committed that I really seemed to connect to the ones who weren't afraid to either be the good guy or the bad guy. They, threw everything into it and they made it something 
so entertaining that you got in, absorbed into it, you know, because sports can be fun, but. And uh, for all of the people listening right now, there's a reason why we're kind of going back into the history of Tony as a wrestling fan. And I'm trying to do that more often with everyone that we have on the panel, all of our different co-hosts and things. Cause you'll hear, like over the last few weeks, I've been asking people who are their favorite wrestlers of all time, because I think it's very important for you all to understand the perspective that we're coming from and understanding how we exist as wrestling fans and what influences lead us to think the way that we do. So now that you know a little bit more about Tony, we're going to move into some of the things that are happening today. And we'll be discussing those people who you think who are putting their all into what they're doing and, you know, what WWE could possibly do to facilitate those larger than life personas. And let's go ahead and start off with a current event that recently occurred on Monday night raw. So with, New Day competing in two matches um, mm-hmm. with their tag titles on the line. They now stand as the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history of any tag titles. Their current reign is mm-hmm. at over uh, or 480 days. They beat Demolition's previous record. And you can say what you want about New Day. And my co-host, Cass, he does every single week. He he calls them the uh, I'm the, the black guys with the with the dildos on their head. That's what you know. Those black them. bastards with the dildos. Yeah, no, I've heard it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm for you, Cass. One of these days, it's going to be you and me, and we're going to have a conversation about that statement. Okay, <laughs> man. You know this could happen like next week, right? I'm down. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll see how things go. But yeah, say okay, what you I want about. Know problem coming for anyone and I have no problems co- who come for any with anyone coming for me as long as you have a legitimate reason for it but my thing is the new day are awesome mm-hmm. at what they do my thing is sure are they cheesy occasion do they go for the stupid wink wink nudge nudge moments sure but they are a million percent committed to their shtick Mm-hmm. From the top to the bottom, even when they allow the realism of their own personalities to come out, they find a way to weave it into the whole. Like um, that Black Excellence, since I, I mentioned that they're awesome to me, that Black Excellent post that uh, Big E posted. To some, that could come off like real ugly. And yeah, so, before real- you go there, let me go ahead and explain a little bit uh, what we're talking about. Some of you may not know, um, on Twitter... Big E of the New Day, he posted a picture. It featured the three tag team champions, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods. It also featured the Raw Women's Champion, Sasha Banks, and the Cruiserweight Champion, Rich Swan. And mm-hmm. they had the uh, title, uh, Black Excellence, to the picture. And, you know, I looked at that and I was like, hot damn it. Like, I know I have my little uh, criticisms of New Day and things like that. But I looked at that, and it really put things into perspective for me how important this move was to have New Day break the record of longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. That's a big fucking deal. It really is. It is. And the thing is, it says a lot less about black culture or white culture or racism or anything like that and more about 
who we want to be as a culture to me, because it wasn't because they were those black bastards with the dildos on their heads or (laughs) anything else. It was because for over 400 days, they were entertaining as hell. They put their bodies on the line in those rings in entertaining ways. They found ways to draw you into whatever storyline was thrown at them for over 400 days. Didn't matter if they were black, didn't matter if they were white, they were always one thing, entertaining. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I feel like that is how championships are won. Not by who's the most technically brilliant wrestler or who's the most, got the most flips in their arsenal and, you know, Jericho with his list of a billion different moves that he can do. That's not what wins championships. What wins the actual championships to me is their ability to consistently entertain on the highest level. Because you'll notice if you can't, you can't get your hands on a championship. Mm -hmm. When it came to New Day, not only were they entertaining, they were fresh innovative, culturally relevant, and mm-hmm. WWE struggles at times to be one of those things, much less all three on a consistent basis, and that's what New Day was. And let's go ahead and acknowledge the fact that it's not as if this is an athletic competition and they went out there and they won this like this was an Olympic medal or a you mm-hmm. know basketball championship or something like that. It is fictional and somebody said you are going to keep those titles to beat that record but the fact that that somebody looked at them and said you are worthy of doing that that speaks volumes for their talent and it speaks volumes for the evolution of the world of pro wrestling and specifically wwe because there used to be a point in time where people like them didn't get opportunities like that but i felt as if they were provided a platform and you can go all the way back to the origins of New Day, and I honestly believe that the reason why that group was formed is because creative had nothing for them. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? There ain't much else going on, so we're going to go ahead and give you this, and whatever you make of it, we'll, we'll let you sink or swim. And they didn't just swim. They fucking jumped out of the ocean and soared. They flew. They, they- like- Phelps, that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> they turned this you, into you something into that... Water and they turned into Michael Phelps, and you're like, wait a second. Okay, like, hold on. on. We, we, we need to get behind this. Instead of letting you swim in the water, that's the problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> And they turned it into something that I'm quite sure no one imagined. Like, there ain't a damn person in WWE that can tell me, oh, I knew from the very first time that I saw a New Day that this is what they were going to amount to. No one can tell me that. If you can tell me that, you are a damn liar. It's far as people from uh, WWE, oh. but um, yeah, it's amazing. It truly is. And but the just thing all, is, all this means it's one. almost like a lot of times they have to give up on you in order for you to get over. Mm-hmm. Because they have, because it's not until they give up on you that they're just going to be like, fine, do whatever the heck you want, and they leave you alone. And as soon as you let somebody tap into their own magic, that own special quality that everybody has, especially in entertainment, mm-hmm. but once you let someone be them, whatever character is in, tr- whatever their character is, let them find themselves in it, let them be who they are. That's when that magic happens. It's like. 
with the shield. They are magic together because they let them be themselves within the unit. But as soon as you separate them out, you start trying to go so darn hard on what you think they should be of their yep. individual characters that it burns it to the ground. I'm like, like Seth Rollins, I hated him once he left the shield. I have not liked him since he left the shield. The same goes with Dean Ambrose. I don't care how many flips he does, people. I'm still not with Seth Rollins. I don't care. Sure, he's pretty and all. You know, I know my girl, Blogger Diva, is probably going to hate on me if she ever hears this. But um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't like Seth Rollins. I have not liked him since he left the Shield. Same goes with Dean Ambrose. He is so busy trying to be crazy that he's not being authentic. And it's obvious. Let the church say amen. Pass around and, a collection plate. And, and then Roman Reigns. Poor Roman. <laughs> poor Roman. That man... He kills everything he does, except when you put him on the mic because he's like, just let me be me. No, no, you're a good guy who talks like this, PG, talk. Uh-huh. And he's like, but I'm not a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> I'm a grown man with kids and a wife. Uh-huh. Can I talk like a grown man who used to play freaking football? You know how football players talk. I got no hate for football players, but you know they cuss like sailors. They, uh-huh. they, you know, they just speak their hearts. They speak their minds. And people are like, what, so no Samoans have any swag? No, the Samoans have plenty of swag, but you keep trying to take it from them and then expect them to still be The Rock. The Rock didn't have swag when he was not The Rock. He didn't have swag when he was Rocky Maivay. He didn't have swag till y'all let him be The Rock. Uh-huh. Which was well, you know what? Speaking of, Samoans with, uh, speaking of Samoans with swag... Mm-hmm. I, the Usos on Talking Smack, they mm-hmm. got it. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Roman Reigns needs to be traded to SmackDown. Get a few appearances on Talking Smack, then he can build it up. You know. I agree. I wouldn't disagree. The thing is, what I'm noticing is that when you give somebody room to breathe, mm-hmm. and 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 be their authentic self, even if it's just like a hint of who they are. Cause I mean, everybody's got a lot of different sides to themselves. Sometimes you're a face, sometimes you're a heel, sometimes you're both. Everybody's like probably naturally a tweener with like hints more. Some people are lean more towards the heel side. Some people lean more towards the face side, whatever. But that's what being human is. And when you try to take away who a person is and then force them into a mold, that's when it'll never work. It will never work. And it's proven time and time again, with these characters. Yeah. And um, I think creative freedom that greatly played into what made new day into new day. And going back to uh, talking smack, that's one of the reasons why that show is so great is because you let people live and breathe within their characters and put their own spin, their own interpretation Mm -hmm. on those characters. And that's something that I've, I would wish that WWE wouldn't just look at that as supplemental content because talking smack as great as it is, it's supplemental content. It's only there to add, you know, bits and pieces to what's going on in the main world. They need to incorporate more of that creative freedom into the main world. But it's, I guess the question is how do you break through to that side where they look at you and say, okay, well, you know what? You got it. You can go ahead and, you know, here are your bullet points and we'll give you this and, Bam, you go out there and do it. Like, it does it have to be a situation where every single time they have to lose faith in you and say that, okay, well, 
whatever. You, we don't have much for you, so go out there and do what you want. Like, does it have to get there every single time? Unfortunately, the way the WWE has been going, that's how they act. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not until they give up on you and you step out of the box that they forced you into that you find your legs to a degree. And it's sad to me that they're doing this because they have so much. They have so much in the palm of their hands and I could see so many directions. Like I, I, when I was younger, I used to write a lot of fan fiction for like TV shows that I loved because Mm -hmm. these characters, they built them and they made them rich and there were details and there you made they made them want made you want to follow them and go places with them and see where they could go in this scenario and that and the thing is wrestling had that too i mean i did fan fictions on wrestling but the reason was because they had rich characters mm-hmm. and it wasn't so much okay here's your barbie and your barbie is a school teacher and that's what you play hi <laughs> class no, that's not fun. It's when you take the teacher Barbie and say, okay, she's teaching wizard class today. And then tomorrow, you know, you let her, you let the imagination be free. Now, unfortunately, the WWE right now, they're afraid that if they let go of the reins, these people will take it back to the attitude area, which I have no problems with personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know they're trying to be PG. But my thing is, they need to have a little more faith in people. I mean, because from what I'm seeing, a lot of these cats have great instincts if you let them follow them. Okay, on that note, um, I did get a message from you, uh, something that you wanted to talk about on the show, so I'm just going to go ahead and read that really quickly. Really quickly, um, You said that you're interested in who people think have the most uh, potential to be the top heel and top face of the company if given the right freedom. And under the same conditions, who has the potential to become a superstar? There are lots of talented guys, but who has the goods to become Rock Austin status if given enough freedom? Then you threw out a few names. And I got to say... I'm liking those names. Uh, one of them was The Miz. Another one was Roman Reigns. And you put surprisingly Kevin Owens. Honestly, I don't even think that surprisingly it, it to needs me. to go no, there. I, I, I meant surprisingly to me because I've oh, not liked why's Kevin that? Owens. Because I, I, I'm not really an NXT girl. Uh, um, so I don't. That's a, just so you know, that's another ding. Like Cass is just, I, I bet you he's like. His tea kettle is not settled right now. See you soon, boo. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I don't mean any hate with it. I, I swear, any little you know dips and nudges, it's because you are entertaining enough that you draw my fire. And it's not meant in a harsh or mean way. Anytime I go, because I'm sure eventually, Jay, it's going to be you and me head to head. Um, okay. But man, I, it's the first show, and you're already telling me to watch out. Okay. No, because I have so much passion for things that I that 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 are close to my heart. Like wrestling has been most of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I I go casual occasionally, and I I come in and I come out, and you know, I'm different person at different times in my life. And so wrestling will either catch me at that time or it won't. I mean, because I'm very open that way. Mm-hmm. But I so when I make little jokes or comments or dings and stuff like that, I want everyone to know. I unless I say the words, I'm dead serious. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not that chick. Um, but going back to what we were talking about, I have not liked Kevin Owens since he came main roster. Um, I felt like he was 
overblown because he's an indie guy. And I'm like, oh, yay, that's nice for you. I don't watch that crap. Because mm-hmm. I have, you know, a television, so I can watch it right here. I don't have to go to someone's bingo hall in order to watch it. Um, so since I don't, I have no clue who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're going to have to earn it. And it's and it frustrates me with a lot of these indie guys, because I can tell that they're a very talented gentleman. Uh, the Sami Zayn's of the world, the KO's of the world. They're very talented ge- gentlemen, obviously, um, in the ring. But they have a tendency to bore the very life out of me because it's almost like everyone else is seeing something I'm totally missing. It's like, okay, so maybe I should be watching NXT in order to understand why you guys are so gung-ho, but here's the deal. I don't. Yep. And I've I've said this exact thing before, too. Uh, WWE makes the assumption that anytime someone jumps up from NXT to the main roster that, oh, everybody knows them. They listen to the crowd reaction and, okay, well, our work is done here. We don't have to really do anything with these guys. We don't have to introduce you to them and go over a detailed backstory or at the very least uh, form a main roster foundation for who they are. They listen to the crowd reactions and it's like, well, that's it. They they don't have an understanding of the fact that the crowd that are at any given show, they are mm-hmm. not 100% representative of the fan populace as a whole. Exactly. The problem that they have, well, besides the fact that they need more women and more casual personnel on their staff, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that they assume too much. That's what went wrong with the Monday Night Wars. They assumed too much about what they knew about us as wrestling fans. They assumed that they knew who we were and what we wanted because they had been able to figure it out for so long. Mm -hmm. And the same formula is not always going to work. X and Y are variables. So, so is Z. So getting Z is not going to always be the same one plus two equals three. Sometimes X equals zero. So if you put X plus Y, Z is not going to be three. Done. (laughs) You need to change. And it's like they only change if you force it on them. And it's so frustrating because I see so much potential in so many people. Like, like I said, surprisingly, for me personally, surprisingly, Kevin Owens. I, in this recent best friends twist angle that they've been doing with the storyline, I've been seeing a lot more in him than I have seen since he came to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. The first time that I've seen him on our on my screen on any given Monday or Thursday or Tuesday where I haven't been like, fast forward, as soon as he walks on the screen. Well, yeah, that's interesting because as far as I'm concerned, this is like the expendable stuff when it comes to Kevin Owens because I think that he could be utilized to a much greater degree than what I see right now. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm not watching Monday Night Raw and I'm not seeing this best friend buddy saga between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, then I'm not missing much, even though I know people love it like they really do. I think I think you're missing what I'm saying about it, though. Because I'm not saying that it's that I feel he's reached his full potential. 
Mm-hmm. That's, and that's not what I'm saying I'm seeing. I'm saying for the first time I'm seeing potential. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the first time that I'm like, so he's one of the big dudes who can wrestle and he's a big bully fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will go to MMA if I want to see this guy. What? Why am I watching him? You know, he he talks tough, but he didn't. I didn't see personality really. I just saw, oh, so he's a brawler heel. That's nice. But, you know, I've been seeing some more, slightly more facets to it of late. And, and through this whole Jericho friendship thing, I've been seeing more facets to its character. So it makes me think, okay, so there is potential in you. There is something in there. Like, I'd say it started with just before that huge Triple H thing he did. Mm-hmm. where he came in and, and handed the championship to KO. Shortly before that, when they were doing the best friends thing, I started seeing little snippets of personality. I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't suck completely. Maybe I'm not <laughs> completely bored. And then in that moment, in that huge moment when he was given the championship, I was in the moment for a very, for like, I was into the match. As the match went on, I was I was rooting for my Roman because you know I'm Roman Empire to my heart. Um, hmm. We got to talk but, about that too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to, um, but I, I was seeing my Roman and I was rooting for him. I was like, yes, yes, this is your comeback, baby. It's happening. And but I was also really ironically in, entertained by the continuation of Rollins as a heel and this kind of heelish KO. Like I was interested in the story they were weaving during the match. Mm-hmm. And um, especially once they got rid of big cast, because yeah, <laughs> we're not going to talk about it at the moment. Cause I like your cast. I don't necessarily like big cast. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I could rock with that. Um, I mean, not that I dislike him. It's just, oh, gosh, I don't even want to get into it. I know um, I can't stand him on the mic because he sounds like – have you ever been in school where they would force somebody to read a paragraph? Every time he cuts his promos, he sounds exactly like that, like the teacher is forcing him to read a paragraph. And it, it, it really, like, infuriates me. It really does. He's had a few moments where I was like, yes, he got into the bit. He loosened up. Yes. But after considering how often he's on Monday Night Raw, it's just not enough. <laughs> Alex, it's painful. <laughs> it's really painful. I don't know why they do this to me. I'm very loyal. Okay, you know what? Let's switch <laughs> over to a topic that I'm quite sure that'll bring up the mood. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's WWE giving us a gift. The Mazanans. Because I oh. fucking love the Miz. I'm an oh. old misfit from way oh, back in the day. I remember I threw I'm a party. I'm having a I'm just thinking about <laughs> them. Oh. I threw a party after the Miz won the WWE Championship. And as much of a mark as I was for the Miz back then, the work that he's doing right now is his best work in WWE. You want to know why no. it's his best work? Because he is finally getting to do what he's wanted to do since he wanted to become a wrestler. He's getting to be the rock. That's interesting. 
Now, you because know you're you going to have to explain that. People yeah, are like, no, no, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Okay. Because if you, because I used to watch the real world as well as wrestling, and you know, on the real world, he based the original Miz off of The Rock. You know, that cocky thinks he runs stuff. You know, blow hard, but he's funny and he's entertaining, and you know, just kind of wild and never know what's coming next with him. He based the Miz off The Rock. He may have loved other wrestlers before The Rock, but The Miz was built off of the foundation of The Rock. This is the first time where I feel like he's fully being allowed to run that kind of game. Where he comes out, he's cocky, he's condescending, he's smug, he's corporate rock almost without the backing, you know? He says things that are hilarious, and he doesn't care if you like him. He says things that are honest in his humor. The Rock is one of the few wrestlers who does that, who has ever done that. Most of them will just, you know, keep it super kayfabe. Mm -hmm. The Rock has never done that. He, I don't know how more people don't hate him in the business, (laughs) but he's super anti-kayfabe with his, his, his humor. And he just shreds people and then dares them to say something back. And when he does, he pops them in the mouth. (laughs) And this is the first time that the Miz has been able to kind of live that, but he's twisted it so that it's unique to him too, because he's got that chicken heel angle. Mm -hmm. Cause where the rock was, you know, he was more of a tweener because not because he wasn't, uh, was a face, but because he was likable, as a heel, I, I call them tweeners, even when they're not officially a tweener, because there's good side, bad side, but really it's just two sides. And you either like this heel better or you like that heel better, or you like this face better. or You like that face better. So even if you got two faces going together, there can be a heel face and baby face and whatever. So for me, he was always more of a tweener because you never knew whether or not he was going to cuss you out as the good guy or cuss you out as the bad guy in the situation. So whatever. But I felt I feel like this is authentic to the Miz. The Miz brought in some of the chicken heel from the old days, where it was like you kind of run from a fight, but you kind of talk a real nasty game. Only he doesn't need like a manager to do it for him. He does his own nat- crap talking and all that stuff like that, and he's just like, and he's vicious with it sometimes because he, uh-huh. you know, he pulls out these these pieces of truth, which, like I said, he's finally getting to be the, the myth he created that was based off the rock. He's finally living his dream. And then of course there's Maurice because, Oh, oh my God. God, I love her. I Cause do. you know, Barbie came down and decided to be made human and her <laughs> name was Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you uh, like Maurice has more, charisma in that hair or i'll put it like this maurice the charisma that she has just in the hair flip there are many people on wwe's roster that wish they had half of that dude the hands those hands go up the hands get more pops than apollo cruz has (laughs) has anything in his arsenal like seriously it's just she's crazy and i love that they are the same type of heel Mm mm-hmm so they fit so perfectly. They have one agenda, success for mm. themselves. 
and they see each other as a genuine. This is the first relationship in WWE that I've seen like this. Outside of maybe Triple H and Stephanie towards the later years, because in the beginning they were still pretty selfish. Mm-hmm. They are completely unselfish, those two. They are 100% unselfish about it. Miz will put his wife in front of her and she'll stand up like what? No, and she's not oh offended God, by I it. I love her. She's not offended by it because a lot of chicks would be like, you're supposed to be protecting me. She's like, no, I'll protect my man the same way he'll protect me next. Yeah, and it's just the role that they play, that partnership. And it's always strategic because he knows when he's at his strongest and he's like, I don't want to get into a fight that I'm not prepared for. Mm -hmm. So how about I use you as a buffer, wait for my mark and then pop you in the face. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking and, about and, exactly during that match that he had with Dolph Ziggler at the last uh, SmackDown pay-per-view. I'm sitting there screaming like, Maurice, girl, it's getting a little rough. You might want to jump in the ring. And The Miz, he kicked Ziggler in the the balls, and, you know, he did it on his own. I mean, it wasn't killed. without a little issue, but, you know. No, yeah. that's not an issue for me, because guess what? Oh, I'm saying like an issue from the perspective of Maurice, like, getting involved in the match. but Well, she didn't get involved, not once. She didn't touch nothing. She went over and checked on him a couple times. She ain't touched Dolph Ziggler but not once. If I, I think I'm mixing that up. If the one, you know, with the, the one la- that he I'm had. I'm talking about the latter match, so you might be talking about the one before that. Oh no, I'm thinking about the one that he had with Dean Ambrose. She like. Oh uh, okay. Oh yeah, I have no problem because she said because they both have made it very clear they are the it couple. So when Miz wins, Maurice wins. When Maurice wins, Miz wins. And they don't get it twisted anywhere along the line. You know? So it's not like, oh, he's hiding behind me. Oh, no, I know I'm a strategic move. But guess what? I will still pop you directly in the face, and you're going to have to like it. Because I'm a woman, and you're not allowed to hit me back. (laughs) But he'll hit you again, too. You know, but I love that about their dynamic. Because they see each other as having a single goal. Mm-hmm. And That's I respect just... that because you don't see couples like that on TV anywhere very often. A lot of times it's like, and, and a, a lot of people are mistaking it for, oh, she's arm candy and he's using her. For what? She didn't have a job <laughs> without him. So <laughs> what is she, he really using her for? To get them both paid? Oh, that's sad. Shut up. Just because their marriage is rock solid and you ain't got yours rocked out, that's a totally different problem, dude. All right, let's talk a little bit about Roman Reigns now. Because mm-hmm. he has a match this Sunday for and the I Universal know. Championship, and he could possibly become a dual champion in WWE. Where do you see Roman Reigns at currently? Because you pegged him as one of those people who could possibly become this uh you know, superstar in wrestling, not the WWE branded term of a superstar, but, you know, an actual superstar. Okay, here's the deal. Superstars get heat. That's period. If you cannot get heat for whatever reason, because Mm -hmm. you're a good guy, because you're a bad guy, then you can't make it. Because look at The Rock. He had people screaming and chanting along with him. He had people who hated him oh, to the very core of their being. They were rare, but they happened. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Same thing with, I'm, 
with, you know, the Ultimate Warrior. Same thing with Hulk Hogan, which I have never liked him. I like him less now that I know more about him. So that's sad. Mm-hmm. I hope they, he never comes back ill. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was just thinking I, about that because I was running. Well, actually, it was yesterday because I was running. Um, and Kurt Angle's theme music came on. And my workout was over. <laughs> yeah, my workout was over. I literally jumped off my bike and started fucking running uh, like uh, like seven tenths of a mile just because I heard Kurt Angle's theme. And then Hulk Hogan's theme came on, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done now. I'm not eight foot tall, so you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm useless. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, I'm good. <laughs> what do you think? His, he was the worst wrestler, the worst seller. He had the biggest ego. Just everything was wrong. Just awful. And then everybody loved. I didn't get it. He was bald with a freaking mullet. Like how do you? How do you do both? Like how do you have a bald mullet? Like I don't understand. You don't make any sense in the world to me. I need you either cut that off or do something. Cause ew, ew, just so. <laughs> And then he had a porn star mustache. Like, no, just so a many things. A lot going on. Right. Just, just, just pick one and go with it. You know? <laughs> How about you just stay off my screen? Yo, JD from New York, if you ever hear this, get me a Hulk Hogan, get off my screen shirt. I'll buy that. I'll be the first. All right. So Roman Reigns. But anyway, I, I, the thing is, you have to be able to get heat. The man can suck up a pro promo, but every time you hear that music, and it's not just because it's Shield music, because at this point everybody knows it's Roman Reigns music. Mm-hmm. Every time he walks out, he gets the John Cena effect, he gets the Rock effect, he gets the Austin effect. People lose their minds. Either they hate him on the fact that they assume that he's a corporate puppet, or they love him because he's a superhero, like, you know, like the Ultimate Warrior was back in the day, you know, like to the kids or, you know, because he's beautiful, because he is. Um, he gets one of the loudest pops you're going to get. And Whether they be boos or cheers, and that's very important to note. Because some people last, think that – some people funny. love to just say that, oh, Roman Reigns, he – he he gets booed, and they say that every week as if it's news. Like we're, we we know it, and there are going to be those tweets on Sunday, like, "Oh, listen to Roman Reigns; he's getting booed out of the building." But somehow, some way, he stays in the damn building. But the point Guess is, what? people what react. To him. Guess what? You're reacting. Mm-hmm. Did you go get a get something from the concession? Did you go to the bathroom? Did you fast forward through his match? No, you didn't. You sat your hiney down, and then you <laughs> tried to go and be a Twitter troll, and oh, he sucks. But that spear was dope. Shut up! You got no rights to speak at all. I'm going to need you to have several seats, and I'm going to need you to have them all now. I'm sure there are several stadiums full of seats for all you smart marks who suck. How much you suck on his fist before he super punches you? (laughs) Sorry. I I do a thing where sometimes accents come up when I get annoyed. You sound like (laughs) the blog talk radio lady. Yeah, my, my... My co-hosts, they know who I'm uh, talking about, the blog talker. You'll become familiar with her. Uh, Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I just, I have a thing about that. Because my my thing is, 
are his matches phenomenal from a storytelling perspective? Yes. Does he botch all the time? No. Is he, you know, always where he needs to be when he needs to be there? Yeah. I mean, does he take punches that should don't look like they are worth anything as if he just got knocked over the ring? I mean, it's the same thing The Rock did in the ring that made him so great. Like, pull up any, any Rock Austin match and watch that stunner. And then watch any other stunner anybody else ever took. Nobody took a stunner like The Rock. The dude did backflips off that stunner. Like you were trying to take his mm-hmm. entire neck off. And the thing is, it was poetry every time because it was – it drew you in. You're like, oh, there's no way he's getting up from that. Oh, it's over, it's over. And then the shoulder would come up, and you were like, ah! And the uh-huh. same thing that The Rock and Austin had, Roman Reigns had. Because the thing is, you expect him to go down every time. And then that shoulder comes up, and you're freaking losing your mind. And for a second, you forget you hate him. And then you're like, no, he sucks. But, dude, that was sick. Yeah, I experienced some of that at WrestleMania, where people, they they forgot that they hated Roman Reigns. And mm-hmm. they were cheering for the dude. It's like, oh, wait, shit, we, we don't like the guy. Like, after he won, after he beat Triple H, there was some cheering, a whole hell of a lot of cheering. But then they were like, oh, shit, we can't, we can't do this. We're not supposed to do this. And part I, – I, I don't want to say naturally people are going to cheer Roman Reigns, but I do understand that a lot of the backlash that Roman Reigns is experiencing in WWE is what I like to call the golden boy bias. They've seen John Cena throughout the years, and they're like, okay, well, we don't like the position that John Cena has been in throughout the years in WWE, so we're going to do everything that we possibly can to to stand in opposition to Roman Reigns because it's very clear that WWE is grooming him to go down that same road that John Cena did. So we're going to... It's also jealous. We're, we're going to be that roadblock. We're going to be that roadblock. It's also a lot of jealousy because Roman Reigns is a beautiful man. And, <laughs> you know, you're allowed to be a beautiful woman in wrestling. You're almost expected to be a beautiful woman in wrestling. But in wrestling, you're supposed to be some dude who looks like he's had his nose broken 16 times and is missing, you know, your one ear or something in order to be a legend mm-hmm. half the time. You know, it's very rare that you can get over and be attractive. It really is. It's hard. It's harder for a man to be attractive and get over than not. Look back. Look back and tell me how many truly beautiful men make it over. Shawn Michaels was I back in his day. He was actually <laughs> very attractive. Some chicks thought he was at the living end, but he is all right at best. Triple H, I at best. Um, Stone Cold, he had his niche, um, but he wasn't my thing. I loved him. Don't get me wrong. Freaking love mm-hmm. the dude. Mankind. Um, I Next. love mankind, <laughs> but we're not going to comment because he'll say it for himself in many, many interviews. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Undertaker, he's not winning beauty pageants. Neither is Kane with his mm-hmm. one eye, one color, and one eye, another. Dude, seriously? And his weird hair on the top of uh-huh. his head. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, who, who, who? You've got The Rock. You've got Roman Reigns. Like I said, Shawn Michaels was pretty attractive, but not, like, super hot. I mean, 
seriously, if you're attractive, then they think you don't try as hard or they think that you're lazy and or they want to put that on you for some ungodly reason so that you cannot be accepted. Um, Can I just go ahead and say this, though? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are out there like, oh, boo hoo. He's too attractive to get over. Yeah. Like, get over that. Well, how about you get over your bias about the fact that he's too attractive to be over and let him be over because you dumb bunnies are the ones who put the chinless blunder over. If you can put him over, you need to suck it up and put Roman over too. Because guess what? The chinless blunder has nothing going for him. He's not funny. He's not, att- he's not attractive. He's not even like the funny kind of unattractive. He doesn't have charisma. He doesn't have stamina. He just takes... He just looks funny getting the styles clash. That's the best thing he's done the entire time he's there. Get his butt whooped. <laughs> yes, and the chin- what? There what, what did you call him? The the chinless wonder? Blunder. Oh, chinless blunder. No chin douchebag, a.k.a. James Ellsworth. Yeah. Heelsworth now is what I'm seeing on Twitter. He's now Heelsworth. Okay. But irregardless, this lame duck has managed to overshadow all your babies, people. I mean, why are you putting stupid Chinsworth over your your precious indie darlings? Like, you, you like him better than Apollo Crews. You like him better than your little... <laughs> you like him better than your little Sammy Zane. You like him better than your little uh, Baron Corbin. Oh, Shouldn't they be getting opportunities? What about your little Luke Harper? Oh, shouldn't he be getting opportunities? But no, 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 no. Chinless blunder is going going into a match for the championship that you held in such esteem for a fake company. But guess why, you people win championships? Because they're over. And you dumb bunnies are sitting here complaining about Roman Reigns? Never again. Not a single one of you mark smarks, as you like to call yourselves, because I don't really believe they're that smart if they can root for Heelsworth and then complain about Roman Reigns, but we're going to disregard that for a moment. But let's, let's be clear. Not a single one of you are nearly as smart as you say you are or as honest with yourselves as you say you are if you can't admit that a lot of your bias against this dude is because he's prettier than you. He's prettier than me, but I wouldn't kick him out of bed. <laughs> with it. You know, with a lot of the backlash to Maurice, Roman Reigns. Maurice is gorgeous. I will never put her down. Natalie Eva Marie Coyle, who you people hate with a passion that fire that burns brighter than her hair ever was. <laughs> you hate her. I love her. Partially because you idiots hate her. Because my thing is what is the difference between Natalie, Eva Marie Coyle, Miss Eva Marie, Miss All Red Everything with the black hair? Oh, she's so stupid how she can change her hair black when her gimmick is all red everything. Shut up. Because <laughs> she's making coins off of it, so suck it. Um, <clears throat> how can you complain? You, how do you dare complain about Eva Marie and then root for Heelsworth? Uh. Because guess what? His existence is a botch. Man. Okay. I think you probably won Cass back over 
with this one, but you know, I, I, maybe you're like even. You you worked your way back to like level ground right now. But uh, man, what else did I want to talk about? Um, we're gonna wrap up the show pretty soon, though. Uh, but hopefully, like you had a good time tonight, and you want to do this a little bit more often because uh, I, I I definitely enjoyed having you on the show. Um, the accents they're gonna kill me. They really are. <laughs> Because I, I was close to death tonight. so many of them. <laughs> I have to retrain myself on some of them, though, because I used to do an Irish one, and I want to make sure by the time Finn Balor gets back that I've got my Irish one back, because I really want to use that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I probably should have it ready now because of Seamus, but I don't want to talk about Shame Zaro. Uh, Shame Zaro, Okay. Yeah, I have to get. No, I came up with that just now. Okay, I I was saying like, man, I'm missing out. Like, no, some of the stuff I make up. I'm I'm totally a nicknamer, like from Uh way back. Uh I usually Uh name people nickname people stuff that nobody else comes up with, but yeah, like I'm a nicknamer from way way back. But yeah, shames are all just off the dome right now. Because I like the whole new day thing where they did shame, shame, shame. And then Cesaro, yeah, just add something on there so that he's representative and shame Zaro. <laughs> okay. I know you want to talk about uh, one topic in uh, particular, the uh, women's revolution, but we're going to have to save that one. Um, sure okay. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody in the comments earlier. I think it was Cass. He said, you know, we're having our own women's revolution here on PWF Empire. I don't know if you know this, but you are actually the first uh, female co-host that we've ever had so yeah oh thank you you'll have to have me back <laughs> Alrighty, any closing comments you have um well there's so many that are flittering through my head um just thank you first and foremost for having me it was so much fun <laughs> i love to run my mouth and i love that you love me for it um yeah. it's one of my favorite thing in people <laughs> Um, and I, I've actually really enjoyed your show a lot. So I'm kind of glad to be sort of joining the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope to be able to do more in the future. And, uh, yeah, I, I know you're already gunning for me, Cass. I, I, I hear it coming, but it's okay. I'm excited about it. <laughs> you know, you, you being so gung ho about like duking it out with other people, this is very important for some things that I have planned for PWF Empire going forward. Um, this is some stuff that you don't know about yet, but you, you're you excited for it already, and you don't even know. So just get ready. Well, you know, there's one thing that I'm good for. It's a good debate. And I know how to, you know, touch gloves at the beginning, touch gloves at the end, mm-hmm. and leave it in the ring. Okay. Right. Um, but, no, I, I really – I've always enjoyed you guys' show just because it felt more real than some shows and a little less scripted and pointed and stuff like that and more about, like, fans just being fans, you know? Yes, and that's very important. That's why, um, like, before the show, and I guess this is, like, inside baseball uh, things, but I don't like talking a lot to people before shows because 
I want everything that happens on air to be organic. And that's something that I've learned very recently. Like I don't, we don't have to go through, you know, 30 minute production meetings and, you know, go over all of the topics that we're going to discuss line by line on the show. Just get on and have a conversation. Just talk. (laughs) I really believe that's the success of talking smack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be honest, because they don't have time to go over what's going to happen next. Yeah. They, the most that they know in, in advance, this is where the story is supposed to go during the show. These are who are going to be on Talking Smack after SmackDown. Let's run. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best possible thing that could have ever happened in that show besides The Miz. Although I really think that it would be a brilliant idea. And if you guys take this from me, WWE, I expect a payday. Please <laughs> feel free to slide in my DMs with that. Um <laughs> But I think it would be a brilliant move if they did something like they did with Jr. and the King once upon a time, only they did it with Daniel Bryan and the Miz on Talking Smack on a weekly basis. Only they keep Renee in the middle as kind of the, the referee. Oh, Lord. Because then you would have kind of a face correspondent you'd have a heel correspondent and you'd have someone who could be the neutral kind of like they have on the, the, the desks nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. Cause now on the desk, they always have the neutral commentator and they have the heel commentator and the face commentator. And it, it sucks when these heels come on here and all they get is hammered, 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 but then the faces come on and they don't get that hammering. They need it. Mm-hmm. Cause like Becky Lynch was never better than when, he, when, when Miz grabbed up, into her undercarriage and yanked her by <laughs> She needed that so bad. She needed a true heel to go to bring out her face in the best possible way, you know? Mm-hmm. She likes to say she's straight fire. Mike brought her straight fire because he is fantastic as a jerk. Mm-hmm. As that great antagonist. He's brilliant in that role. He 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 pulls it out of you. You want to say something bad, and you want to get hype about it because you want to show somebody that you're not going to get upstaged by this dude. Mm-hmm. And when Daniel Bryan does that to the heels, it kind of has a similar reaction. Like, oh no 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 no, this is not how this game is going to be played. So if you had that head to head on a weekly basis, you'd have pure magic. Okay. In my opinion, and uh, when he's ready to retire. He's going to be the next Jerry the King Lawler. When Who the Miz on us? Yeah, when I think Miz would be great on commentary. Oh my God, he would kill. <laughs> he would totally be the next Jr. J- we just need to find him a Jr. Mm-hmm. Because um, let me tell you now, baby, <laughs> Otunga ain't doing it. I honestly and forget I, that he's there. I like, try. That's to how. I really try to forget. I'm like, I'm going to need someone to call Jennifer Hudson and get him another job at the house or something. Like, or maybe call uh, New York. I love New York season, what, four? Yes, yeah, something, something. Please, somebody, come find him another something to do that doesn't involve talking in my ear all night because I just need you to stop immediately. And then who we got over on the other end? Oh, Brian Saxon. Poor Poor Brian Saxton. It's, it's Byron, but that says a lot that you. Yeah, you did. No, that's really not mattering a whole lot. I mean, 
I want to root for him so badly. Mm Kind of like I want to root for Bailey so badly. And yet, then they open their mouths, and I'm just like, nope, that's not going to happen anymore. Thanks. (laughs) Because they have these qualities that make them seem likable, and then they talk, and it ends. And I'm just like, okay, never mind. Mm-hmm. And I love Corey Graves. Corey Graves is yeah. Corey Graves is awesome. And yes, Corey Graves came along with. Then, uh, but I uh, know this: you and me share a certain passion for something very red. And um, oh yeah, that alone, I will love you for life. Him and uh, Tom Phillips are a great team. Yeah, they were awesome in NXT because I, I used to watch for her matches. Yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't do the whole NXT thing. It was oh, too man. Like indie wrestling. And uh, if I wanted to watch indie wrestling, why would I watch WWE? And if the defense defeats a purpose, like, no. I get bored very easily. All righty. Well, that's it for <laughs> us this week. Tony, thank you so much for expressing interest and being a part of PWF Empire. Thank you for being on the show tonight and look forward to hearing a lot more from you in the near future. Thank you for having me and thank you for not being completely put off by my personality because some people can't (laughs) handle it. It's a little much. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm quite sure you're going to experience a little bit of that. But as we talked about um, off air, you're prepared. You're you're like battle tested and ready to go. So look yeah. here, a star is not a star without heat. So <laughs> bring it. I mean, you already said it. You you established that. So you, we got it. We definitely got it. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will be back on Sunday for the roadblock end of the line review. Until then, thanks. For oh, will in. I be a part Later. of that too, or? Um, we're gonna like okay, so Cass is gonna be on that show and I'm gonna go ahead and like spill it out right now. I want to build up to your first meeting with each other. So we're gonna have we're gonna mix it up. You're gonna be on sometimes, he's gonna be on sometimes, and then those two worlds will collide eventually. Hey yo, WWE, take notes, this is how it's done, boo. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for tuning in. Peace out. Bye, boo.